fasten your seat belt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. something movie podcast party time excellent woo, 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 woo. party on pat party on john uh if you can't tell already this episode is wayne's world uh yes episode number 426 i feel like we just did 400 not that long ago and it's not i now know we're already yeah they they are going down like water mm-hmm does, does water go down? I think it goes down. It does. If there sure. if there's water in your ceiling, it definitely goes down. Yeah, and and ultimately in the basement. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's you know that's how it gets flooded. Um, oh hi there, dude. Yeah, the doodle's coming over to say hello. Hey there, doodle. Because the doodle, the doodle was jumping up on the table. Oh. He's got some monster. He's got monster ups. Oh, like the, he the, can get anywhere. Does he? Uh, did he put on his platform shoes and sing tequila? Yeah, that's right. Well, no, he uh, he gets up there and he finds things that are up there, like my son's recent Lego project, and well, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't chew things up like dogs that I've had, but he he plays hockey with them across the floor, so well, he'll bat things because he'll bat things because around. Pat, thing, things that are high are interesting. Well, of course, of like, course, like things on the table and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's it, man. Ah, so uh, it is. Uh, we are talking Wayne's World. This time around, yeah, we are, and uh, like yeah, said, we are. Episode four twenty six. So, like, we're already marching, marching on ahead here for. I, we, oh yeah, we, we got to start talking five hundred here pretty soon. That's a little weird. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would if I yeah, can, we... if I can tease my son for a second. I will say that uh, we are a little over four and a quarter of the way through the four hundreds. He um, he doesn't like it when we refer to time in like quarters, like quarter till oh. or quarter past or. Half past, or he doesn't like that. He doesn't like fractional time. Oh, does he like the more precision, like four twenty-five or yes. well, four twenty-five, four fifteen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he does like if you say twenty and twenty till five, he doesn't. He doesn't care for that. Gotcha. So sometimes gotcha. I will just, sometimes I'll tease him about things, and I'll be like, "Oh, you know that that thing that I bought for you the other day? Uh, you owe me uh, a quarter to sixteen dollars." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he, he awesome. Does not, he does not care for that. So, uh, yeah. so that's that made me think of that we're we're a quarter past four hundred, but uh, mm. we do spoil things. So, just this is your only warning. We we spoil freely here. We're just going to talk and and talk freely and just let the let the much like the force let the conversation flow through us. Yeah, um, and then visit our website thirtypodcast.com, where you can leave a rating, a voicemail. You could become a co-executive producer via Patreon, and any yeah. level of support on there gets you bonus content, uh, usually two shorts, uh, two quick little like 15-minute episodes per month, one longer episode, and then there's different tiers for 
how you want to interact with the show, if you want to come on an episode with us, if you want to tell us what to watch, uh, if you want to find a movie that you know Pat will hate and make him watch it. Um, yep. Those are some of our different tiers that we've got on Patreon. Um, Pat, this month, if, if someone were to join Patreon this month, what would be our full-length bonus episode that they will get to hear this month? You're going to hear all about motorcycle movies, mm-hmm. movies that feature motorcycles, motorcycles that feature in movies. It's all about the motorcycle, man. Pat, I, I also made sure that I had uh, at least one sound ready to go for the motorcycle oh, episode. So oh, you know which one. So I may just let that play in the background the entire time. Uh, that we're would recording. be that would be that would be awesome. Just have just have a Harley sound in the back. Yeah. That'd be that'd be very cool. I did find that'd a, be very cool. I, I did find a uh, fifteen minute video of somebody riding a uh, was it a Kawasaki Ninja through the streets okay. of a city somewhere. Yeah, and it was it was just it was purely just for the sound. It was like I mean you could see them like riding through traffic, but it was they had they had amped up the sound on it. So I right, like, I guess we could just do that as our sound background for that episode i i think i think any or all of that would be fine i don't see any i don't see any problem with that i knew i would get no pushback from you so no i i'm fine i'm all good with that we're all 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 things good speaking of motors and focusing on this episode 426 yeah Yeah. rang a bell that was the cubic inches of the uh, famous uh hemi uh muscle car motor that dodge made ah it was a four it was a 426 hemi that was like the motor i was not aware of that I want to say that was the motor that was banned in NASCAR. Oh, okay. Because back, like, NASCAR, when it was, like, a little bit more stock cars and, yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the factories all had to make them before the – a little bit more the the the, the spec kind of thing going on. Yeah. I want to say that that was when they came out with their – it was called the Hemi motor for, for various mechanical reasons that we don't need to go into because it's a Wayne's World podcast. Yeah, sure. But it was, a four, it was 426 cubic inches, and you could get it on the street. And the thing was powerful. Yeah. It was fast. Nice. And I want to say that was the motor that uh, was in the, um, was in the, uh, 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 was the Dodge Daytona that was the Plymouth Roadrunner. Okay. And it was banned, it was banned by NASCAR. Richard Petty drove it. Yeah. And it was uh, banned by NASCAR because it was so powerful. Oh, nice. In fact, little trivia, that was the car that uh, the king, that Richard Petty voices in cars, mm-hmm. he voices and that was the car. That was a, the rough. That was the cartoon kind of drawing of the Dodge Daytona. Nice, very cool. Sorry, man. Four twenty six. It triggered. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, why is that number like? You know. No, that's fine. This has been car talk with Pat. I was just gonna say. You see, you fire up the motors, and now I'm just start blah 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 blah. You know. All right, there you go. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, are you ready to dive into Wayne's World? Dude, what a great movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we must. Let's do it. We must. All right. So this one is obviously Wayne's World. It came out. Uh, I did point this out to to my lovely wife uh, that had we been dating each other when this movie came out, we could have gone to see it for Valentine's Day because this came out on the 14th of February, 1992. Oh, a date wow. movie. Pat. Pat, would you have used it this was. as a date movie? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because all the uh, all the gals I'd be dating would be into this kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah, okay. yeah. All right. I don't know if I would have. I don't know. That's that's a that's a borderline. Well, I mean, granted, Sharon did stick around with me after we spent quite a long time watching the uh, Saturday Night Live. I always had like the best of Saturday Night Live collections on VHS. 
Okay. And I feel like half the time she came over to our house, we were watching those. So if she sat through all the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live stuff that I made yeah. her sit through, yeah, you know, Super Bassomatic 76, <laughs> the, the All Drug yeah. Olympics, uh, James Brown's Hot yeah. Tub. Party, yeah, 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 that's all right there. Yeah, this would have easily, because I'll be honest, I'm trying to think of the, the movies that I've watched while out on a date. This was one of them. Well, I, this could be one of them, I should say, because White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump was one of them. Okay. And um, um, what was the one with the vampires from a long time ago? Lost Boys? Where Jack, Lost Boys. Yeah. Lost Boys was another date movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So this could easily have been a date movie. Okay. All right. This should be a date movie. I'll have to go tell Tammy. Well, there you go. You guys have something to watch now. Did she watch it oh, with yeah. you when you watched it? Uh, she did not for this go around. Okay. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I brought it up and she's immediately quoting it. She's like, Sha, as if, you know, like all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, we did, I watched it with Sharon and Nora. Uh, and I think, uh, Nora definitely enjoyed some of the physical comedy. And I think she liked, uh, some of Garth's, uh, quirkiness. Yeah, it's well, and we're going to get into it, but it's, it, it is it is just so good and well we'll we'll get into it but yeah. yeah I thought I was waiting I was really trying to be like super critical and say okay is there gonna be some stuff that's kind of like yeah or uh yeah. nothing nothing Not really. like the the comedic timing the timing of it like how they pause how they let some lines cook and then how they like set let some lines people react to them yeah I, it was it was it was just absolutely perfect yeah. what they did with this movie i it was amazing it's great it's fantastic this one is rated pg-13 with a runtime of one hour and 34 minutes uh not a short movie too not a very long one no yeah um directed by penelope spheris i didn't realize it was directed by a woman that's really cool yeah it is yeah uh she directed suburbia and the 1994 version of the little rascals Writers were Mike Myers, Bonnie Turner, and Terry Turner. Uh, Myers also wrote Austin Powers and a bunch of Saturday Night Live skits when he was on there. Uh, both of the Turners, Bonnie and Terry, wrote Third Rock from the Sun and Tommy Boy. Producer on this one was Lorne Michaels from Saturday Night Live and 30 Rock. Music was done by J. Peter Robinson, who also did Cocktail and New Nightmare. Cinematography done by Theo Van, Van de Sand, I think is how you say that. Um, hmm. I don't know if it was like Jan de Bont, if it was Theo von, <laughs> von de Sand, or I don't know. Uh, Theo, if you're listening, if you'd like to, you can write in and, and tell us, uh, or uh, send in a voicemail and tell us how to pronounce your name. Uh, yeah. He did cinematography for Blade and Volcano. And the editor on this one was Malcolm Campbell, who also did Blues Brothers and Coming to America. The budget was $20 million. The box office was $183.1 million. <laughs> Flick Metrics gives it a 67%, and CinemaScore gives it an A-. Starring Mike Myers as Wayne Campbell. He was in Shrek and Austin Powers. Dana Carvey was Garth Algar. He was in This is Spinal Tap and Clean Slate. Rob Lowe was Benjamin Oliver. Uh, Benjamin is nobody's friend, just in case anybody was wondering. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about an ice, ice cream flavor, too. But uh, <laughs> he was in St. Elmo's Fire and The West Wing. Tia Carrere was Cassandra. She was in True Lies and Lilo and Stitch. Brian Doyle Murphy was Noah Vanderhoff. He was in Caddyshack, Christmas Vacation, and Asphincter Says What? <laughs> what? Exactly. Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle played Stacy. 
uh, or slash Psycho Hose Beast, if you refer to her by her given name. Uh, she was in Men in Black 2 and The Practice. Michael DeLuise played Alan. He was in Encino Man and NYPD Blue. Dan Bell played Neil. He was in Dark Man and Gone in 60 Seconds. Lee Turgeson played Terry. He was in Oz and Monster. And he loves you, man. I love you too. What was I forget what he says? Just say okay, just okay, say, man. Just say thank what you. What was it? Just say thank you. Just That's what it was. You. I can't remember because there was one. He was. He's like, no, you don't, man. No, you don't. Just say I, thank you. And I have learned that platonic love can exist between two grown men. <laughs> uh, speaking of Russell, uh, Kurt Fuller played Russell. He was in The Running Man and Ghostbusters too. Sean Sullivan was <laughs> Phil. Uh, he was in in bad shape at the beginning of this movie. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're gonna spew, spew into this. He was in Which, Back about, Future Part uh, Three. About, yeah. uh, I was just. I'm sorry. I would, but about Phil, he's like only not in bad shape when they go to the auto shop. He's always in bad shape whenever they're out at the gas works, which yes. I love. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Because I I think at some point we've all had a friend that was a Phil. Yes, yeah. that. Well, we're. We're going to get into it. We'll get We're going to get into we'll get it. Everybody has a fill. Uh, he was in Back to the Future Part 3 and 54. Colleen Camp played Mrs. Vanderhoff. She was in Battle for the Planet of the Apes and Clue. Donna Dixon played the Dream Woman. She was in Spies Like Us and Twilight Zone, the movie. Frederick Coffin, who died in 2003, played Officer Kaharski. Do you, do you smell bacon, Pat? <laughs> I do believe I smell some pork products. I, I definitely smell a pork product of some kind. Um, he was in Hard to Kill and Mother's Day. And then Chris Farley, who died in 1997, played the security guard with an odd amount of very specific information. He was in Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Uh, you had, I believe you had shared some trivia with us. I'm going to thank you this time. I know Bo had done some of the trivia for, uh, and like three questions and things like that for some of our last episodes. You took over this time. So thank you very much for pulling the trivia for us and the, and creating the three questions and whatnot. All good, man. All good. It was fun. So tell me a little bit about, about uh, what you found here. Well, the first one was kind of interesting. Well, I'll tell you, um, uh, 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 and I'm sorry, I'm going to go. I was I was starting to look at the list, but I'm going to I might even go in reverse order. Oh, so you feel it. free to prompt me if I go off. But you mentioned Officer Koharski. Yeah. And what I found about that is that, I mean, there's a lot of references to hockey. Right. Yep. Um, and the thing with uh, Officer Koharski is Koharski was the name of a referee that in I think it was a late 80s. And I don't have all the hockey stuff right in front of you, but there was a, there was a finals, right? Mm -hmm. There was a, a series of games and there was an, there was a, uh, Koharski was the ref. Um, and like they weren't, or the official, I'm man, I'm, I'm not an expert hockey, so I might be getting all the terms wrong. Um, but he was the official and the one coach started, uh, uh, didn't like his calls and they started arguing and stuff as they were coming off the ice. And, um, you know, like as they were arguing and coming off the ice, the official Koharski tripped and fell. And so he just starts yelling at the coach, like, you push me, you push me. And then the coach, you know, you did no, I didn't, you know, you tripped. And I'm sure they were saying about a bunch of other stuff in there, but it, it boiled down to. I keep talking. I, I think I had found the sound of the uh, alter altercation between them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I don't want to ruin anything, but the bottom line is they go back and forth and it was all on film, which is kind of a rarity in the eighties. And the final line that the reps, the, um, 
uh, Koharski said was, it's all on video. Everyone's going to see it. And the coach is going to, it says something like you tripped and make some not so nice things about, you know, him and everything. And, you know, his size and then ends with saying, why don't you go eat another donut or something like that? So the joke being that, you know, that's officer Koharski at the donut shop. Hanging out at Stan Makita's donuts. Yeah. Let me, yes. let me see if this is the actual audio. It says it is, um, uh, the infamous cr- confrontation from May 6th of 88. So let's see what we got here. Earlier, 10.48 p.m., Friday night at Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The red-haired man, of course, is New Jersey Devils coach Jim Schoenfeld. He blocks the exit way of referee Don Koharski. He is waiting for Koharski to come off the ice. He initiates a meeting with Koharski. Words are exchanged, and words are continuing to be exchanged down the runway. It got very heated. Inflammatory situation took place Friday. Almost all right. Because well, you fell, you fat pig. Have another donut. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way that came down. That's right, the way so that that's, came that's down. That's where there. we get Officer Koharski from. That's where we get Koharski, yeah. and um, the I just love the like the super exciting, like positive sounding music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That is like backs up these guys just totally cursing each other out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that's just. Uh, uh, that's just that's just funny to me. Um, so there's that. And then there is also um, there is also the uh, the name of Stan Makita's Donuts mm-hmm. is also um, based off of Tim Hortons, which was named for a hockey player. And, and um, you know, they, they uh, up in Canada. And so they renamed it Stan Makita's Donuts. So there's there's a little bit of the, the you know, the most recent kind of stuff, uh, um, kind of starting with the ends first with some of the fiction and all that kind of stuff. Um, it also has th- so, that part also has one of my, what I think is one of the funniest lines in the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's the, it's the moment. I'll oh, see. I thought I had the, I thought I had the sound here. I think I had the sound here somewhere. Um, but it's the, uh, it's the moment where they walk into Stan Makita's donuts Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you've got the uh, Glenn is the owner. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought I had the sound queued. I'll have, I'll have to put the sound in later. Um, okay. I had the sound queued up, but that's that's one of my favorite parts when the camera pans to him. He's like, "I've never done a crazy thing in my life before that night." Why yeah. is it that if a man kills another man in battle, it's called heroic, but if he kills a man in the heat of passion, it's called murder? This is Stan Makita's Donuts. Excellent munchies. This is the manager, Glenn. He's here 24 hours a day. I recommend the sugar pucks. They're excellent. Come on. I'd never done a crazy thing in my life before that night. Why is it if a man kills another man in battle, it's called heroic? Yet if he kills a man in the heat of passion, it's called murder. Hello. What do you think you're doing? Only me and Garth get to talk to the camera. Come on. I don't don't really have too too much to say right now. What's that? Uh, 
Hi, Mr. Withers. How's the amusement park going? Just great, Wayne. Yeah. And I, it's funny because my kids, it was a couple, it was maybe last year. My kids had heard about breaking the fourth wall yeah, and they were all curious about what's, what does it mean to break the fourth wall? And so I was talking to them about it. We were discussing it. And then um, I said, well, here's a great example. And I brought that up and I just, and I, we're going to get into this, but the attention to detail in this movie, like when they come walking in and Wayne's talking to the camera and everything's fine, but then the way, he's looking at the camera. Like, I love how when Wayne's talking and introducing Glenn, Glenn is just staring at the camera, like totally deadpan. And the reason the camera follows him, he gives that little serp, you know, that real small little nod, like, Hey, come here. And it's just, it just fits. And and then Wayne, Hey, hello. And then comes back and then Garth tries to talk to the camera, but what's that? And then he runs away. I, I, all that just, Oh my gosh, it is so detail oriented humor and it's it's just so well to put together i mean it's just so well crafted you know what i'm saying yeah um so you want should we uh should we keep firing with the um uh trivia or should we save it yeah, and put me, it in yeah, give me give me a couple more trivias well here's the one and i i kind of jumped off with the amazing music uh that was in in this and that is that they dana carvey did his own drumming mm-hmm. and tia carrera did her own singing uh, which I think is very cool. Um, you know, and I know Dana Carvey drum because it's, you know, Saturday night live, he would do it. And then also when he was the church lady, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there were times that he, as the church lady would get up there and play drums, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Um, now I, and I, I've never heard him like sit in with a group or back a band or all that. I, I mean, I don't know, uh, that, but I've heard like the solo stuff that he does is, is part of the act. Tia Carrera singing, um, and I and right before we we signed on, I just double checked it to make sure I have it right. But yeah, they said Tia Carrera did her own singing, yeah. and that that's pretty common. Like she's got a couple of albums out, and even did some singing and voice work in other movies. And I just think that's pretty cool. And I, I got to be honest, man, she sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like I I I think she sounds really good, especially on, um, well, all the tunes. Really, she sounds really good on 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 everything. Um, but the one that really stands out is, um, the, uh, uh, touch me ain't got no reason. I'm going to mess up all the words. That's That's the, that's the tune of it. She sounds amazing on that song. So, or, and all of it. So I, I was very impressed with all of that. And I think that's pretty cool that, um, that, uh, that she did all that work. Um, you had in here Alice, too that she had turned down a role on Baywatch for this. Yeah. 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 I mean, which I mean, it's not my place to like judge in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh my gosh, I'm sure glad she did this because I think this is epic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'll I'll watch Wayne's World once or twice a year. You know, I mean, it's it's just yeah. So let's let's check out a few more of these music things and going along with um uh, maybe some cameos and stuff. We had Meatloaf as the bouncer at the Gasworks, yes. which was very cool. And so it's not just a clever name. That, that's right. Oh man, they stink. <laughs> yeah, that that's awesome. The um, we've, we're talking about music. We have the appearance of Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. which was very cool. And I was talking with our our co-host Jeff today, and Jeff is a pretty big fan of Queen. Yep. Um, 
like and more than just like the four songs that everybody knows, like oh, Jeff yeah. knows them. But what's interesting Jeff, is he when, said when Jeff when Jeff goes to uh, karaoke, he chooses to sing the Seven Seas of Rye. <laughs> there it is. It's like that level of there queen knowledge. I I would I think so because I I might be way off. Like the me- next time he's on, he might be like Pat. I don't know what you're talking about, but I want to say like Jeff is pretty knowledgeable with Queen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and uh, he had said like I had never heard Bohemian Rhapsody until this movie came out. And I know I didn't, Hmm. you know, I wasn't aware of it. And I guess what was happening in that time is that queen had kind of fallen out of, I don't want to say fallen out of favor, Mm -hmm. but queen wasn't as popular. In fact, they, in the States States, and on their world tour, they had, they had no U S dates on their world tour. Now, when this movie came out, it did. And we're going to, well, I won't give spoilers. It did what I think, um, why can't I think of the show? I won't give a, Stranger Things does for a lot of artists. Yeah. I'll keep it like this in case yeah. there's people that haven't seen Stranger Things, where they'll put on a tune and then suddenly it becomes, like it helps it catapult that and the artist back to popularity. Sure, yeah. And they said that after Bohemian Rhapsody came out in this movie, Queen, both the song, everything rose like uh, astronomically in popularity and uh, unfortunately, Freddie Mercury didn't live to see that. But um, Brian May claimed that he was he did approve of Mike Myers using the song in this movie. And Mike Myers did send a um, copy of the scene to him um, just so he could see it. And he, he said he was a little Mike Myers claims he was a little worried that, you know, th- that he wasn't going to be happy to see how they treated his music. But supposedly he loved it and thought it was great. And Queen kind of flew back in popularity. Oh, and it's it's probably the most iconic scene of the whole movie. Oh, totally. And it's 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 just excellent. I mean, and like I said, you know, when you when I heard it, when I was I, I'm like, what is that tune? And then you hear the whole tune and just realize how awesome that is. Yeah. Um, and now we've got movies coming out, just biopics about Queen, which right. I think is great. Yeah. I think it's absolutely great. Um, speaking of musical acts in here. We got Alice Cooper in the movie. Yes. That's outstanding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's funny. I was talking to Tammy the other night. Alice Cooper's another guy that like, I know his songs. I've like, he's almost like a household name where like everybody's heard of him. Yeah. You know, um, he's still out there touring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Band sounds great. He sounds great. You know, the whole deal. Um, but my gosh, it's like when he showed up, I remember like, like, like standing up in the theater, like just so fired up that, that he was there. Great song, totally entertaining. And the way they, they wrote it in where he gives the little monologue about um, the history of Milwaukee. That was, I had to, a few years ago, I had to go up to Milwaukee for a work thing. There was like a meeting up in Milwaukee for a, a technology deal. Mm-hmm. And as I was going up there, I think I had stopped. I think I got there early, and so it was uh, kind of – I was way early, so I didn't have uh, – you know, I had a little bit of time before I had to go into the building that we were going to be at. And I was sitting out in my car, and I just, for some reason I was just like, I'm just going to put something up on Facebook. And so I posted on Facebook, and, and I did the, the whole thing. And I was like, well, I'm in uh, Milwaukee for a, a work thing today. Um I don't come to Milwaukee often, uh, but uh, Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, 
Milwaukee is actually pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. And, <laughs> and I'm so thankful that one of my cousins, because I just, I completely, I didn't put any pictures of Wayne's World. I didn't do anything like that. I just posted that on Facebook. And one of my cousins just replied back and was like, I was not aware of that. That's like, awesome. Thank you. That was, I, I dropped it. You picked it up. Thank you so much. There it is. That's why we're related right there. Does this guy know how to party or what? Yeah. Yeah. And then they all look at him and you think it's going to go downhill, but and he's, he's like, well, we got to head out. And he's like, no, why don't you, yeah, why don't you around. hang out with us? Yeah. yeah. Stick around. And he's like, we'd love to hang around with you. I'm <laughs> just, I'm, with oh Alice my gosh. Cooper. I know. We're not worthy. Uh, and you know, Alice Cooper, like I've never met the guy, but everything I've read is he, man, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I know, you know, you read about it. He talks about his struggles with alcoholism, but like they say that the stuff I read said that he was kind of getting through that by like the mid eighties. And now he will like, he would help other groups that were struggling with addiction and all that. And he talks about like being on tours with groups and uh, trying to help them out, you know, and, and do all that kind of stuff. And I've read, and they say that he's kind of a history buff and like, I don't know if that exact scene would happen backstage, but they say that he that he was like that, and that more often than not he's out playing golf and just kind of hanging out. and And I, I'm just like, that's just so cool. See, that's outstanding, you know? and that's what I'm going to assume. Like for the rest of my life, I will just assume that he's backstage at his concerts, just holding you know holding court and uh, sharing historical facts with people. Yeah, I, I that that would be awesome. Well, and he talked about like, hey, I'm still out here. I'm like, what is he seventy? two or three now and uh yeah well it um here it is 1948 and uh Mm -hmm. was his birth year and i mean he talks about that and i i think he's been married to the same person like i've read in the bio married to the same person since the 70s or 80s and it's just you know and it's funny i was reading about that and he's like hey here's the secret to that is just make sure you have date nights and i'm just like (laughs) i mean that just seems like such a a down-to-earth guy Right. Right. I, um, I just, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated. And I, I really, I want this to be like a catalyst for listening to more of his music and all that kind of stuff. So well, that's um, admittedly, I don't know. I really don't know as much of his music as I thought I might've. Right. I, I really only know a handful of songs at best. So that kind of, right. kind of made me go back and, and start to listen through a few of them. But yeah, I, I kind of realized I really don't know much about his music at all. Well, and he's been recording since the seventies. Right. <laughs> Right. right. So, I mean, it's like, it's There's like, plenty to he's choose got, from. right. So I, I just think that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. They said in there that his band was supposed to include Joe Satriani, Steve Vai. Um, and then I knew it as El, Elvira oh, yeah. uh-huh. named Cassandra Peterson yep. and Nikki six um, mm-hmm. were all supposed to be playing in the band and have cameos, but they, for one reason or another, they couldn't make it, couldn't it but yeah. that would have been, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the last, if you don't mind, I will pick the last of the trivia that we're going to look at right now. And then, yeah, man. then we'll, we'll fit some in later on. But the that, one that I thought was the funniest was the one about how hard the movie was to translate into other, into other uh, languages. Right. Right. That was because how <laughs> do you, how do you translate and monkeys might fly out of my butt. I, I mean, how does, yeah. It, you know, why don't you, you talk for a second. I'm going to go to Google Translate. I'm going to see how that translates. You yeah, go, you go, go ahead. You, you, you vamp for a second and I will uh, buy me some time. Well, here. well, that is sort of like, that is sort of like Star Trek. Um, 
the voyage home when 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 Kirk's walking around and not sure how to you know cuss the guy out, mm-hmm. right? I mean that is totally that is totally right out of uh, right out of that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean we're we're you know yeah. Well, I can't repeat it because we're a family friendly podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But just not you know, Captain, your use of colorful metaphors and they don't fully understand what they all mean. Like it it just it almost would have like no meaning in another language. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest with you, does it really have any meaning in our language? Oh, it means, you a know, lot. it means a lot to me. <laughs> well, of course it does, but it's like, and I guess it's sort of like, Oh man, if hell, you know, that'll happen when hell freezes over, you know, I, I mean, right. so you get that, but I, <laughs> I just don't know if other people turn a phrase like that. We et les singes parents en voler de mes fesses. I probably pronounced that so wrong. Well, it sounded good. Uh, but sounded that was good. that was French, and literally, it comes out as "yes." And the monkeys might fly off my butt. So actually, it's not that too, not too far off. No, that's not too far off. Okay, I don't. That's know, not too far off. I don't know colloquially. I don't know what that means in French, but yeah. Well, and they said that in one of the countries, like the Laverne and Shirley thing was completely lost on them. Oh, we had it. Well, yeah. When, and when Nora was watching this with us, we had to pause and kind of explain what that scene was. Yeah. And that one wasn't as surprising, you know, just because I would imagine there's other references about yeah. in other countries about, you know, films and stuff that's in their culture. And like you said, like, you know, we grew up and those shows were only like reruns from 20 years before. Right. Now you know, that could be, that could be when I was, well, when I was, looking up, when I was looking up options for our motorcycle episode uh, that we're going to mm-hmm. be doing for this month, um, I was watching one of the videos from Terminator two mm-hmm. and Nora happened to walk by and I go, Hey, does that uh, police officer look familiar? She's like, maybe I'm like, yeah, it was the guy in Wayne's world. Oh yeah. He shows him the photo and, and asks him, uh, have you seen this boy? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There we go. Right. Right. Oh. oh, that's, that's good stuff. Well, I, I, um, I, um, had a lot of fun looking up all the trivia of this movie because yeah. there's just so many interesting spots and I know we'll, we'll let some of it come out, you know, as we go, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, definitely some, some interesting the, stuff behind it. Some of the trivia might fly out our butts. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Exactly. Well, and I also found about, there's another phrase that gets used often, um, you know, uh, by just about everybody mm-hmm. that may, was was popular in the office and popular in this movie, and mm-hmm. I found out where that phrase came from, and that was very interesting. Yeah, I, a lot of people assume the office is the first place. Yeah, and it was. It's. I, I mean, then these folks had even traced it back to like old England. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think. Yeah, uh, just, I, oh, I think I actually have the audio clip right here. Let's let's go with that. Through yet? Because I'm getting tired of holding this. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that gets, let's just say that can be used a lot. Okay. And, uh, there's various sources that, that, uh, places that that gets used, obviously the office and then Wayne's world. And the research I did said Chevy chase in a Saturday night live skit in the seventies was one of the, was the first to really kind of bring that line back out. Oh, did he really? But, okay. But, the, but according to the research I did, the line actually has its roots in an old English phrase called that was something like says the actress to the bishop and have you heard about this 
I, vaguely, yes. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was sort of like, and I'm I'm reading someone else's description, but they said that you know the implication being that you know the actresses from whenever this time period when this happened lived a little bit more of a of a rough and uh, I don't want to say rough, but a little bit more of a promiscuous lifestyle Uh and would then need to give confession to the Bishop. And so anytime there was a statement that was uttered that could have some innuendo, much like, you know, today we say, you know, that's the, that's what she said Uh kind of thing. Um, It was back in the day they would said, yeah, says the actress to the Bishop. You know, so like it was the same principle. Whenever something was said that had a double entendre, um, you know, there was a phrase to kind of like cap it off and cause laughs and all that kind of thing. So I, I, f- I found it pretty interesting. I feel like we should start using that from now on. I, I, <laughs> I think I think that would be I think that would be very good. I think as, as just another option. Yes. Yes. Always, always good to have options. I think it needs to it needs to be kind of said with a British accent and then followed up with the Monty Python wink wink nudge nudge say no more. Yes. Yeah. I think that I think that definitely needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you a little if you don't know already, let me tell you a little bit about uh, what this movie is about. Uh and and I've decided that I I will do a few of these in the in my best Don LaFontaine impression. <laughs> in a world that's a big screen spinoff of the Saturday Night Live skit. Rob Lowe plays a producer that wants to take the public access Wayne's World to the world of commercial television. Wayne and Garth battle to save their show and Wayne's girlfriend from Lowe. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. Just outside of Chicago. Galileo. 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 In the basement of this house. It's Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Broadcast history is about to be made. Extreme close-up. I want you to find out who these guys are and where they do their show. What is this? Mr. Vanderhoff, this is your audience. It's two chimps on a Davenport in a basement. Here I am with the contract for $5,000. Excuse me? Now they're on their way. No way. Way. To fame. Will you still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate sequin jumpsuit? Young girls in white cotton panties, bloated, purple, dead on a toilet face. To fortune. Contractor knows. I will not bow to any sponsor. To babe heaven. What do you do if every time you see this one incredible woman, you, you think you're gonna hurl? I say hurl. If you blow chunks and she comes back, she's yours. If you spew and she bolts, it was never meant to be. Okay. It's Wade. This is definitely the type of place I'm gonna get when I move out of my parents' house. It's God. I love you, God. If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. It's a movie. Wayne's World. Hi, Wayne. It just might be the greatest motion picture ever made. Are you mental? Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me. Wayne's World. 
So this is our major moments portion where we kind of walk you through the plot of the movie. Um, the plot of the movie is not complicated for this one. So we'll kind of zip through this pretty quickly and get on into some of our deeper thoughts, which we've shared a little am, bit already. I am so excited for this movie. Like that trailer. And at first you think, oh, the trailer. Should, no, no, the trailer. I am so excited. This is such a great movie, John. I mean, that trailer does it justice. Yeah. Just listen. Oh, Okay, I'm going to shut up now so you can talk. But my goodness, this is an amazing movie. Shut up, sir. Um, I am not worthy. I'm not <laughs> worthy. I suck. Uh, so we're going to start with our major moments. I've got six major moments that will walk us through the plot of the movie here. Um, and uh, on I feel like in honor of, of Wayne's World, on occasion, we need to do like some of the same kind of Wayne's World gags. Because basically, I was trying to explain to my daughter what public access cable was. And it was oh. like, it's basically like podcasters. Yeah. It's like people just, you know, people paid for the ability to be on the air really late at night on like a Saturday or Sunday. And they had their own TV show and it could be whatever they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, although some of the, some of the gags that they use don't work quite as well when you're not a visual medium. I was right. trying to think how to do the extreme close up. I think I can do it with a microphone. If I do. It's extreme close-up. Like that. That's awesome. There we go. We'll just do an audio extreme close-up. I feel like my family upstairs is probably wondering, like, why is he even louder than he was last week? Because it's a great movie and it's that's, easy to get excited. Well, that's what I, I think my son was actually downstairs in the, in the like, main level of the house, and I'm down in the basement, and his room is typically up in the in kind of the attic. And... Uh, <laughs> I think he texted me or, or my wife texted me and, and he was asking questions like, is he always this loud? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mm, yeah, kind of. We're looking down at John's basement. Mm-hmm. Only that's not John's basement. Not John's basement. I'm in Pat Delaware. <laughs> Pat, you just spoke in haiku. <laughs> I just... Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. We got to keep talking because okay. we have just so much to unpack. Okay. So major moments. I got six of them. Uh, major moment. Number one, I'm calling party time. Excellent. We get introduced right away to Wayne and Garth and their public access show down in the basement. Uh, it is the skit that we know from Saturday night live. So if you've seen Saturday night live in the late eighties and early nineties, uh, you know what Wayne's world is. You've seen it. Um, You've seen, uh, what did they have? They had uh, Aerosmith was on as a guest one time on Saturday Night Live and, um, you know, that, all kinds of different skits with Wayne and Garth. And so this, you right away, you kind of know what's going on. You know, uh, you, you get the you get the vibe of the movie because you, you immediately go from this to Wayne talking about, um, you know, his life and, and having the camera follow him around, uh, the kind of the breaking the fourth wall kind of a deal. And um, then we get you know, pretty much right away into the Mirth Mobile, mm-hmm. uh, which I always thought was just a fun little car. Mm-hmm. I was like, there was part mm-hmm. of me that like, I believe I had to go look it up. I'm, I'm not a car expert. So uh, it is a 1976 AMC Pacer. That is my understanding. Okay. So I just always thought it was kind of fun. Little blue car, flames on the side of it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I, could, I, I, could, I could see having a car like that. Could fire that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to what I'm calling major moment number two, the babe can wail, man. The babe can wail. Mm, and yeah. that is when we get to uh, the gas works and we get to the, the moment that he meets Cassandra 
uh, and mm-hmm. kind of starts to to fall in love with her a bit, and um, we uh, we kind of get we, we kind of get simultaneously, although we don't find out as much about uh, Garth's dream woman, um, but we kind of get the the dueling dream women kind of sequences where uh, Garth uh, falls over, it gets knocked down every time he sees his, and mm-hmm. uh, Wayne is kind of like immediately you get the um, you know, you, you get all of the like sparkly stars and everything else. Yes. The dr- yeah. You get the, and they uh, over get the dream weaver, mm-hmm. which, sounds, oh, yeah, which sounds a little bit like this. I didn't know you were in this movie. Yeah, man. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Love that Dreamweaver sequence. Garth getting hit. Ow. I fell down. Makes me feel kind of funny like when we used to climb the ropes in gym class. Although good for him. I never could climb the rope in gym class. Yeah, I just remember kind of hanging there. I just kind of, yeah, it just, I kind of, I think I opted out. Um, <laughs> major moment number three, Benjamin buys the show. Uh, what foreshadowing here uh, I, I can, I can foreshadow a little bit for you here. Benjamin is nobody's friend. Okay? If, if imagine the worst ice cream flavor you can think of, and that's Benjamin. Um, mm-hmm. So Benjamin does buy the show. Uh, they do take some time to peruse the contract. Um, I like what you've done here. Yes, yes. There have been moments where, and I'll fully admit this, there have been moments where, as a teacher, when a student would bring me a piece of their writing. And mm-hmm. want me to look over it right then and there. I will admit that there have been moments where I did treat part of it like how Wayne treats the contract. Oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah. I like what you've done here. Hmm. Hmm. I think we can work with this. Yes. No. And so great seeing Rob Lowe, oh, yeah. uh, who had never had never done comedy, was not a comedic actor. Yeah. And. You know, sometimes these things in the, you know, little blurb trivia things sometimes get blown out of proportion. But according to the stuff I read, they said that uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey helped him kind of, you know, work his comedy chops. And he kind of helped them with the idea of shooting a movie, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, working in on a, on a film like that. So um, which I'm so glad they helped him out with that because he is hilarious in the West Wing. Mm hmm. And he's Parks and Rec, right? Parks and Rec. He is he is literally one of the funniest parts of Parks and Rec. <laughs> and and they there were a lot of things that they said came out in this movie that then he would use in later gigs. So I just find that stuff kind of cool. And he is well, he's not really the straight man because he's the um, uh, you know. Um, he's the bad guy. And so usually isn't, isn't like the guy isn't, don't they normally say the straight man, he's kind of the, uh, um, he's kind of a sidekick or something like that. And as opposed to the antagonist, but, um, so that, that description might be a little bit off, but my gosh, just the contrast with him and Wayne and Garth is just comedic gold, you know? And we haven't, you know, Rob Lowe, I mean, still pretty young at this point too, but we haven't on, on the actual podcast, um, the last movie we did with Rob Lowe in it was about last night from 86. Okay. So it's been a while since we've covered a movie that Rob Lowe was in, but yeah, all, um, all serious roles. Mm-hmm. He was in the outsiders. 
back in 83, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we didn't do that movie. Yeah. And he looks the same no matter what yeah, year pretty it is. Much. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't think he changes at all. <laughs> I know there must've been something in the water. Cause he, Tom Cruise, all those guys. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so Benjamin buys the show and uh, we have some different interactions with, and, and Wayne's world is a little bit, I think being born as a sketch, uh, uh, sketch on Saturday Night Live. I mean, there are moments where some of the movie, and we've talked about this before with other movies, like you can tell that the comedians are used to like a sketch show. So it's like a mm-hmm. series of sketches. And sometimes with some movies, they don't fit together quite as well. But I think mm-hmm. this one does a pretty good job of fitting together an overall movie. You know, yes. not a long movie, not a super complicated movie, but a, a, a you know, you've got your you've got your A story, um, and it's it follows that pretty well and pretty consistently. But you do have those little moments of, okay, we're gonna go do this little skit over here. We're gonna do this little thing over here. We're gonna have Stacy, you know, run her bicycle into the car over here with the neck brace mm-hmm. on. And uh, so you've got the little skits, but they seem to like, fit well, fit pretty seamlessly into the rest of the movie. One hundred percent hard agree. I think it's amazing, and I think that they should study this movie for how they do it. Because you're exactly right. It's a fun plot. It's a fun seeing these guys. And how do you expand? And there's been some failures out there. How do you expand a sketch comedy thing into an actual movie? And (laughs) very carefully and with great attention to detail, boy, they nail it. And the stuff where they focus, and I'm just using more words to say the same thing you did. The stuff where they focus on the sketches the sketches are hilarious. Yeah. And I was I was trying to be the jerk. I was trying to be critical. I was trying to be like, okay, where is it going to be like, eh, it doesn't happen. And it's down to like, if they had lingered on that scene or that look or that whatever for another second, it would have been over, it would have been too much. Yeah. Or if they would have stopped it a second early, it would have been like, oh, okay, that scene didn't quite do it for me. They whatever phrase you want to use, thread the needle, walk the line, whatever they did it perfectly in this movie because as as soon as, okay, you know, no, no, I'm sorry. You never got to that. You never got to, okay, let's move on to something else. Mm -hmm. You got the sketch comedy. Bam. Now you're back in the plot. Okay. You got a little bit of the romance thing. Bam. Now you got the sketch comedy. Okay. Now you got the bad guys plotting. Okay. Well now we're going to let the comedian it. They did it perfectly with this movie john it, yeah. i mean it is like and it's down to the second i mean it is so it is it is put together perfectly yeah so we do get um and there's a little bit of tension like he when benjamin buys the show um there's a little bit starts to be a little bit of tension because cassandra kind of gets pulled into that too and wayne has this fear that uh cassandra is going to go off with him because he's got more money more prestige more power all this other like he can he can provide her with opportunities that wayne does not have the ability to provide for her and so he's a little insecure about this and and starts to kind of in his own mind you know play up some ideas of of how uh benjamin is gonna is gonna take his girl um and so we do get right before they they come in for their first uh, big recording. Uh, that is the scene where they do get sent off to Milwaukee to go to the Alice Cooper concert. And I do mm-hmm. have uh, I do have the clip from that scene where they're backstage with him. So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well, I'm a regular visitor here, but Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. 
The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that. I think one of the most interesting aspects of Milwaukee is the fact that it's the only major American city to have ever elected three socialist mayors. Does this guy know how to party or what? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Um, and then when they get back from the concert, it's Wayne's World 2.0. And they go sit mm-hmm. down for the, they get on the couch and they're ready for the recording. And it starts in with the Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Wayne's World, sponsored by Noah's Arcade. Yeah, party on. I mean, and, and it's perfect. So uh, again, I, I don't want to be pretend to be like an uh, you know, boy. I, I totally know, but the way I see that is that played so well, and and I was just reading this article the other day about Janine Garofalo, actually, mm-hmm. big fan, I, and it was talking about her and her stand up comedy, and it was talking about Gen X, and it, it was a really an interesting article, and it, they were talking about how like for Gen Xers and for people of that, like the idea of selling out, right. That was like a big no, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I didn't quite process this until I, I, and I was young. I mean, I mean, I wasn't like an adult by any stretch of the imagination when this came out, but I remember that discussion and you'd always be talking about a band that was, Oh, that band, someone would be like that band sold out. Mm-hmm. Well, how did that band sell out? <laughs> they made a really popular record that everybody bought you know, right. you want the band have the, if they're really, no, if they're really artists, they only have like 40 people in the audience and other people don't like them, right. you know, or, Oh, what happened? Well, this person's corporate now they, they've gone pop or that was like, that was so much in the air at that time. So this thing that came out, like, you know what I'm saying? Where they put this in that, that plays so perfectly. I mean, it's, it's on one level, it's okay. This is part of the plot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, this is part of the um, uh, of a of a hour and a half comedic, light-hearted movie. Okay, he they took it over and blah. But the way that lands, and it you can still feel that today. It was it w- that was so prevalent with how we all thought and felt. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't want people to sell out. Like you know, you know, death before selling out. And I think the way they did that. I, I, it, it was great. It was great writing. They acted it so well. And I mean, the, the director, I want to say that the director was like not super well known. I think she, I think what I found was that she'd done some, um, mostly documentaries, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. In like indie movies. And they said that she had, one of the things she did was had interacted with like metalheads and all that kind of stuff yeah. and like some, some underground stuff. So I would imagine, and boy, I'm like, please, anybody, if I'm wrong, correct me. Let's get the record straight. But the way I see it is that she would be very much seeing that. You know what I'm saying? So the way she puts the scenes together and does the direction in part with the writing, in part with the acting, you know, they just have a handle on this feeling of you don't sell out. So this scene has all the things that just make you cringe. You know what I'm saying? It's like someone having their thumb on the pulse for what, what's scary. 
at, at, you know, and we can make great horror movies. These, these, the people that made this movie had such a thumb on the pulse that when you've got a 14, 15, 16, 17, early twenties year old kid watching this movie for the first time, that is going to, that scene is just going to make your skin crawl. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's just, I mean, it's just, and it's just like, all right, party on Wayne. I Guess, I guess. <laughs> or probably not. Party on, party on, Garth. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, they they wow. made they made some great artistic choices. Yes, and it's the choice of a new generation. <laughs> yeah, and then they have that whole thing. Well, it's funny, and I, and I think Nora was kind of chuckling at that part too because many, many, many years ago, um, we were sitting down watching something, and I explained to her about product placement. And I remember, mm-hmm. I remember telling her something about, oh, well, you know, if you see something, if you see like a Starbucks cup or a Pepsi can or something like that in a movie, that means that Starbucks has paid for their items to be in that movie or, or in that TV show or whatever. And so every once in a while, even as a little kid, like she'd point things out. She'd be like, oh, look, product placement. Mm-hmm. And like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So she, I think she just, I saw her smiling during that whole scene of like, you know, I really would never sell out like holding up the bag of Doritos and Mm-hmm. Oh, this all this discussion has given me a headache. <laughs> Suddenly we're Here, in the black and white. Take these try this. Little <laughs> yellow. Different. Newprint. Mm-hmm. I don't even can you even get new print? You probably could get new print anymore. I don't even I know. Think you can. I, I you know what? Actually I was using uh, actually I might still have the uh I don't have the sound ready to go on here, but on, on our other hit podcast, the uh podcast full of kryptonite, um I would use that sound drop for little yellow different whenever we talk about the uh, X kryptonite from that show because it's yellow. Right. So right, I always, I'd right. always have that ready to go as the, why don't you just try some X kryptonite? I remember that. Little, I re- yellow, different. I remember that. I remember that. Nuprin is, Nuprin's good stuff. Um, so then we move into Operation Get Cassandra Back, uh, mm-hmm. which is a beautifully overly complicated plan. Mm-hmm. In order to get Cassandra back and also set her up with uh, with uh, Frankie Sharp of mm-hmm. Sharp Records, and so oh, they yeah. have this this very elaborate plan of uh, tasking satellites and and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, you know Wayne ends up uh, Wayne ends up quickly interacting with the T one thousand for a moment, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so ultimately this the whole thing does does come together. Um, and, uh, they obviously, even officer Koharski is able to help out. He's able to give a hand, uh, mm-hmm. to help out and, uh, stall Benjamin for just a little bit. <laughs> There's one more thing. It's, Smack. It's one more thing. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he is able to give him a hand and, uh, it, I think, it, I think it works out. In, <laughs> I think it works out in the end as the actress said to the bishop. Yeah. As the actress said to the bishop. Uh, and then we end the movie. Major moment, our, our final major moment here is what I am calling uh, not Doctor Strange, but Wayne Campbell in the multiverse of endings. Mm-hmm. We get the Scooby Doo ending. We get the uh, apocalyptic ending. We get the ultra happy ending. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a fun movie, and and it's you get to the end of the movie, and it's it's still like it's making fun of itself. It's so lighthearted. It's just fun. Yes. Yes. It it is it is fantastic. So and I'm, I'm going to take us into our deep thoughts. Um, I feel like we've already shared a bunch of them, so 
I, I think I'm going to take us into our deep thoughts, and I'm only going to ask like one or two questions, and then we'll we'll get on into our three questions because I kind of feel like we've been sharing some of our our thoughts on like how the movie is made and how they kept it, you uh, know, how they how they put it together, what seems like so seamlessly, um, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know if we have a whole lot of other deep thoughts, but let me let me go ahead and jump us into our deep thoughts here, and we'll we'll see what we got. And now deep thoughts. I'm not even going to ask the stupid question of, do you like this movie? I think we've probably, we've, we've established that. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this movie. Not. (laughs) Not. Excuse me. Uh, Oh, I'm sure Wayne will be fine with that. Not. (laughs) Excuse Excuse me, me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Um, what is, if you had to pick one thing, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a scene, what is most memorable for you about this movie? Like, when you think of Wayne's World, you said you watch it a couple times a year. When you think yeah. of Wayne's World, like, what is it, what's the first image that pops into your mind? Um, yeah, the gut reaction is opening up that soundtrack and listening to it till, I mean, you don't wear the grooves off of CDs. Right. In this, well, in the same I, manner that you would with a record, but... I've, know, I've mentioned I've mentioned before this is the first CD I ever bought with my own. Uh, it is it is so good, yeah. um, and and just and again, how good Tia Carrera sounds. Unfortunately, I think her cover of the tune "Touch Me," I don't think is on the album. I could be wrong because I, I, I I've got to dig the album. I got to dig the soundtrack out of somewhere um, and check because I look it on is, the YouTube I'm, playlist. I'm looking at it right now. Is it is it on there? I do not see it on here. Yeah, see, and 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 I remember thinking, oh man. Um, that being said, what is most memorable for me now? Yeah, there's there's only two songs on here by Tia Carrere. Right. It's it's probably it's, the is it the Why You Want to Break My Heart and it's then Why Ballroom You Want to Break Blitz? My Heart and Ballroom Blitz? Yeah. Yeah. And the man at the back said, "Everyone." I mean, just fantastic. So here's, and I'm gonna try. <laughs> I was. I, I don't want to just take 20 minutes to try and get these words out. Yeah. I, I think this movie is so much of its time. And in the same breath, it's so timeless, mm-hmm. right? It's timeless because now we're playing this for our kids. Right. Okay. And they're laughing and they're getting the humor. And if maybe we have to explain the Laverne and Shirley thing, well, then there's the gift there because now you get to tell them about old television shows that they don't make shows like that anymore, right? Right. right. Um, and I remember there were places that, it, long story short, I'll just say I was out with my grandparents, someone dropped a reference, and I was just like to, about Archie and his dingbat wife, yeah. right? And I looked at my grandma like, what is, and she goes, oh, that's Archie Bunker. And I was hanging out with my grandparents and we went home and 1030 that night, my grandma fired on the television and I was watching All in the Family. And, and you think about how, you know, uh, that whole thing. And I, I think that that's a gift that this movie gives, but Wayne and Garth are so much like, you know, Bill and Ted or any of these other like rock out dudes that were like, yeah, these guys are awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, it is so much of its time. I think it informed a whole generation of, of, of people like our age and a little bit older, right? Um, 
how you speak and view the world. And it just became part of it. Right. Yeah. So sort of like, and I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other stuff that did that, like Seinfeld did, um, you know, it's like that Seinfeld episode, you know, um, that kind of thing. This movie, you know, you hear those things, not you say those right. things. I mean, there's so much just, just how we talk, how we speak. And how we look at things and carry it is so much based off of, I think, a largely this movie. It will be mine. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it will be mine. And and oh, the every, stuff every I, single every single time in my car, if I pull up next to somebody I know, I have them roll down the window and ask them if they have any gray poupon. Oh, of course. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's it. And the whole Bohemian Rhapsody and bringing that back out, and just the way that. Dana Carvey and Mike Myers bring those characters to life is amazing. And, you know, I'm still thinking of the scene where he goes like, um, I'd like to try the Stratocaster. And he's like, again, yes. Are you going to try? Yes. Like the way he says, yes. I mean, it's just that attention to detail. So what is most memorable about this is how much this movie like informed a generation after you know like how we view the world and it's such a part of our pop culture that its influence is still being felt you know with the quotes the way we look at things the references oh i know i was going to say um wayne and garth like bill and ted or jay and silent bob and clerks clerks was another movie that like was a movie of its time that informed a whole generation people so what is most memorable is just how much how formative this was a part of of the pop culture you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make this nice and easy. I'm going to take what you said, and uh, I'm going to pull a ghost and say, ditto. Oh, shoot. I stole all no, your no, stuff, no. man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you, you said it better than I could. So, no, I, I same, same thing. Like, it just I – remember, I remember growing up, and I feel like even before – I mean, I think we might be an ultra nerdy example of this, but – you have a group of friends that like you talk in movie quotes kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And growing up, this is one of the first movies that I can remember that people spoke in movie quotes. Yes. Like that this was like you said, it became kind of so much of the, you know, for me, I was, I was in elementary moving into middle school at the time. And, you know, even in, even on into high school, it was still like so much of the vocabulary of this movie was, was continually getting used. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I, and I'm going to say something else too. What, and boy, if someone that is, uh, uh, you know, any of our female listeners or what want to like write in and tell me where I got this wrong, but what a great like main character you have in Cassandra, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, boy, I could be way off and you don't want to ask me, you want to ask like our wives, you know, and see what their, pers- or our daughters and ask their perspective. But she didn't strike me as in this one as the damsel in distress. Yeah, not at all. It needed, it needed to be rescued. She was an interesting character. She was like, you know, strong-willed. She was talented. And the way Tia Carrera brought it, I mean, what she did with that role was amazing. Like, Half the time there's a funny scene, the way she reacts is the thing that takes it up to 11. Yeah. And sometimes it's by not reacting. 
Right. And that, and that's what I love about the comedy is sometimes people do stuff and she's like trying to figure out like, what the heck? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like she is right there with all the stuff Mike Myers and Dana Carvey are doing. Yeah. She is like right there for it. And then you throw in the fact she did her singing. I mean, right. Like, yeah, it's, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Pat, I, I know we fear change, but, <laughs> uh, are you ready for three questions? I'm ready. I'm ready. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. See, one of the things people don't know about the podcast is that we do have, we're we're on Zoom for the video part, so we can see each other, but the rest Mm -hmm. of this is all audio. So what they can't see is that for each of these different times that I play one of these, I'm doing a Four, three, four, three. For, I'm doing a countdown for you, so it'll be John's job to give the actors their hand cue. Uh, excuse me, Benjamin. I believe I requested <laughs> what you didn't say two or one. You don't say two or one. Don't say two or one. Why, why don't you? Why did you say two or one? You just don't. You and then there's one okay. of them. There's one of them where he says two, and he starts laughing yeah. like the guy. Like the oh man. And then it's just like guys, please don't count along. Yeah. Okay, you're nodding okay. your heads. Don't nod your heads. <laughs> And then, oh my gosh, there's like looks frozen of, like statues. <laughs> I know, but still looking at them. Oh, it's it's so great. Oh All my right. gosh! Hey, so, we're in Delaware. I'm in Delaware. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number one: Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a dress and played a girl bunny? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, okay no. neither did I. <laughs> neither did I. Just checking. Just checking. Uh, that's not really question number one. Uh, <laughs> it could be. It, it could be. Uh, question number one, what is your favorite movie? And thank you again. You came up with the three questions for us this time. Uh, so All right, man. What is your favorite movie featuring source material from a sketch comedy show? Dude, after all this talk, I might have to just say this one. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um... I've loved Blues Brothers for so long, though. That is my answer. Okay. Okay, so you got Blues Brothers. I got Blues Brothers. Um, I'll take this. Okay. And we got it all covered. But then, and then I was I was actually doing the research to see what else, you know, um, Monty Python was all, it started as Monty Python's oh, yeah. Flying Circus. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I mean, I've got to throw Holy Grail on the leaderboard. Holy Grail, Life of Brian, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I thought of a fun, like a, a fun, like if we wanted to refresh, what is your favorite cable access show? Because mm-hmm. that would that, and you know, it's funny, like because that would be a boy, that would be a whole talk, um, uh, uh, you know, as a side question. But uh, no, if I had to say one, if you're saying Blues Brothers, which I would totally say Blues Brothers, yeah. um, I, I'll, I'll just I'll take this one. Then we got them both up there, and uh, honorable mention being like. Um, uh, Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. 
Do you uh, would you count Bob Ross as cable access? It kind of had a look and feel, but yeah. I think it was, was that still PBS? I I think that was PBS. Okay. I don't remember. You know, Mr. Science Theater was uh, cable access, right? Oh, was it really? It was, and oh, it started up. That. Yeah, it was started up in Minnesota because when I got when I was up in I was up in Eau Claire, and obviously like right by the Minnesota border, so you had a lot of Minnesota students, and man, like. I, doesn't everybody watch it? But I mean, it's like, I remember just watching that all the time. And my one buddy broke it down for me. He goes, yeah, if you look back, it was like a Minnesota cable access show. And that's why a lot of their early humor centers around like Minnesota and Wisconsin and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if I had many other cable access shows that really made it, you know, like that, but uh, yeah. yeah, that would be, that would be an interesting rabbit hole to go down. I did. Find, I I was looking up just real quick, just out of curiosity. Um, there is a Wikipedia page that has a list. It's I don't think it's exhaustive at all. A uh, list of American public access television programs. Nice. And so they do start off. They tell you like how long it lasted, how many episodes there were, the location, like the home TV station. So that's anybody wants to go down that rabbit hole, feel free. Yeah, that was, and even that, the whole concept is so of that time there was a cable access show where I went to college where this guy would get on and like from like midnight to 3 a.m. you could call in and ask him to sing a song and he just on the spot would like he was like dude with a guitar he was and he'd sing a song and oh I think he had a band a couple times some guys just jamming with him and and believe it or not I fell asleep and uh so they they call and and it was like one or two, and we're all hanging out, and they called him like, "Hey, we want you to do a song for our friend Pat who fell asleep." And so <laughs> I think they got it recorded. I that would be if I could get that. But he was, and it's just it was a dude standing like in a in front of like a now we'd call it like like a like a backdrop, like yeah. a green, you know, like just a little cheap backdrop that you would use in photography or whatever. Yeah. And he's just standing there with his guitar, and sometimes other musicians like, "All right, Pat, are you asleep?" Wake up, man. Do, 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 Pat, wake up. Do, do. And he'd just make a song on the spot about whatever you'd ask for. And it was, uh, it was, it was very entertaining. I'll tell you that. Very cool. Oh man. Fun stuff. Uh, question number two, what is your favorite Alice Cooper tune? Man, what jerk came up with these questions? I know. Uh, so again, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that I, Unfortunately, unfortunately, I feel bad even saying it like a casual fan. I know of Alice Cooper. I know of all the popular tunes, everything I listen to, I dig. So I just got to get a whole bunch of his albums and just be listening to it. And I already started. I got like seven or eight of them and I'm just listening through them and all that. If I had to pick a favorite tune, I'd have to say Poison. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that tune. I love that tune. You can rock out to it. If you're with a special someone, it could be in some ways construed romantic. You can dance to it. Great guitar work. And I'll tell you, I fell down a rabbit hole the other day of just listening to Alice Cooper and checking out some of his live stuff. And man, he is, well, obviously he's had just had some pretty incredible musicians with him, but the, the last couple of years he's had this guitarist who I think she just left. And I think who's she playing? I think she's playing with Demi Lovato now, okay. but like I found a bunch of stuff of her playing um, like the opening guitar solo on it. And it's, it's like legit. It's a, am- <laughs> it is amazing stuff. Yeah. So I'd have to say that, that, that would be my favorite Alice Cooper song. So. Um, Poison. Actually, actually, let me, I'll play a little bit of it for you. Here. Oh yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. 
The guitar is just so awesome in that song. Oh, it's oh, it's amazing. And and like I said, if you listen to any of the live stuff, and I was listening to like the live stuff from back like the 80s and then the current stuff, it's amazing because I I think he lets the guitarist just solo. Yeah. And so um um the the most recent guitarist before she left was uh that I was listening to. And again, I'm not an expert. I mm-hmm. I'm becoming more of a fan listening audience don't get mad at me i'm becoming more of a fan but it was like she just left i think her name was nina strauss okay um and uh like she just lights it up i mean she is just cruising she is wailing on this thing and um then it then it goes into that opening guitar riff and the audience is just fired up from the guitar solo then that riff comes out of it and it's just like it just it just right over the edge you know what i'm saying um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great tune. It's a great tune. It's so a great I, tune. again, like you said, casual fans. So, I mean, I, I always liked the song, uh, the feed my Frankenstein from this movie. Um, yeah. If I had to pick one, I mean, of course we, maybe just from overkill, uh, you know, there, we always had schools out. They'd play over the mm-hmm. PA system at school on the last day of school every year. Um, I think, I think I got to go with one of the classics here. This will be, this will be my choice. Which, oddly enough, I think I feel like I sang this to myself a lot during uh, work during the pandemic. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Uh-huh. That's um, like, no, more, uh, no more, Mr. Nice Guy here. Yeah, and you just think of that, like how far this guy's career has spanned in rock. That he's mm-hmm. just great, great choices. Yeah, great right. choices. Question number three, and uh, I, you had some other question options here, but I'm like. This would not be the 30-something movie podcast without devol- right. devolving into a food-related question. Uh, what is your favorite place to get donuts? And I added the second part of the question here. And what is your favorite flavor? Oh, <sighs> to get donuts, that's that's going to be hard because I never met a donut I didn't like. You know what I'm saying? And As the, um, as the actress said to the bishop. Yeah, and I... <laughs> I... Um, I uh, I, I See, love it's, it's starting donuts. to become natural, Pat. It it it'll just it'll just it'll slide its way into our vocabulary. As the uh, okay, so um, I think that uh, um, 
boy, I'm going to give you two answers. I like any like cake, like old, like old fashioned, like cake donuts. I'm glad you know you're giving I'm two saying? answers because I'm going to give two answers too. Okay. There it is. See, okay. Yeah. Well, we're making them for the guys that couldn't be here yeah, with us fine. tonight and they're, we're covering them. So I would say that, and you know, there's this place by my dad's house that has really good ones, but I found any, like the hole in the wall, old school kind of bakery donut shop just has some of the tastiest donuts. Okay. Yeah. Option one, option two, I would say go to a farm stand or a corn, uh, a farm with like a corn maze and, and pick your own pumpkins and all that Oktoberfest kind of stuff and get an apple cider donut. Mm -hmm. Those would be my favorite. Like if you're, if you're sitting outside and it's a little chill in the air and you're hanging out with people and just, it's all chill and just happy times, apple cider donut, that place would be my favorite. Um, if, uh, if, and, and as far as flavor for the other, like just that bakery kind of uh, storefront donut place, um, I would say like a blueberry donut would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there with you. I, when you, when you were talking about options, you're like option one, option two, I was like camera one, camera two, camera two, camera one, camera camera one, camera two. Um, so mine, I have two specific places, probably the two, my two favorite places I've had donuts from. And, and of course there's like, there's always the like small family owned, um, you know, holding the wall kind of places. And, um, there was a place in Libertyville that until they closed, it was called Lee's donuts. They had really good donuts. We'd go there a lot. Um, but the two places I think that would be my favorites that I've been to in the last few years, there's one locally here near, um, actually near where we work and near where, near where I live. Uh, in Libertyville, Illinois, called Duck Donuts. Have you ever had the Duck Donuts? I, I have heard of Duck Donuts. I have never had Duck Donuts. Uh, they make them fresh right in front of you as you are ordering uh, them. Uh, Pat, they have a donut that is called... Uh, it's called Bacon in the Sun. Uh, uh, it is maple icing topped with chopped bacon and salted caramel oh drizzle. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh no. Oh Pat, dear Lord. It'll, uh, to, to paraphrase the tagline for Superman, the motion picture, you'll believe a man can get acute diabetes. <laughs> you'll believe a man can fly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then one of their other flavors that I had um, one time that we, we ordered some of these was a blueberry lemonade. Ooh, it was that tasty. Sounds really interesting. It was, it was good stuff. Interesting. So they have some excellent, excellent donuts there. Um, one of my favorite places that we went to, just even just for the novelty of it, was when we were in Portland a few years ago, we had to stop at Voodoo Donuts. Okay. And so I got the Voodoo Doll Donut, uh, which is basically a raspberry jelly-filled um, uh, donut with chocolate frosting, and it looks like it's shaped like a Voodoo Doll, and there's like a pretzel stick going through his heart, and... Interesting. Yeah, it was fun stuff. We we went there, and I think, uh, what did Nora get? John got the, I want to say John got the dirt donut, which I think is like a vanilla frosting with Oreo cookies all over it. Okay. And Nora got the grape ape, which is a uh, like vanilla frosting, grape dust, and purple sprinkles. Okay. There you go. It's really good stuff, though. Cool. All right. I think that's it for the three questions. I think now, we've done it, John. Now I just want to go get a donut. No kidding. I want to get a donut. Mm -hmm. This night, the
coffee and cruller stat. Why don't you just go eat another donut, Pat? <laughs> I know. Just go eat another donut. Oh, man. All right. Patrick, thank you as always for being here with me. Um, if people want to find out more about the show, they can go over to 30podcast.com. Uh, I feel like I should have had like an electric guitar so I could, I mean, I can't play anything, but um, that I could just play us out with a kind of. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's all right. We'll 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 just imagine it or we can, I'll fix it in post. We'll do that. Yeah, edit it in post. Edit it in post. Uh, our next episode's coming out. So Patreon this month is best motorcycle movies. You are going to want to come over for that one. So if you are not with us on Patreon uh, already, any level of support gets you access to those episodes. So we've got that one as our full-length August Patreon episode. We've also got two Patreon shorts for this month. One is Creep Show from 1982. It's a super, super fun um, movie, horror movie from 82 based on – I'll even call it horror comedy because, I mean, they're just kind of funny too. Um, but Creep Show from 82 will be one of our Patreon shorts, and The Secret of Nim from 1982 will be our other Patreon short. Our last episode for the month is White Men Can't Jump. And then Mm -hmm. we slide on into the month of September, and we've got Medicine Man, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, is a 40th anniversary special. Wow. Um, And we're hoping to get one of our guest hosts, uh, our Patreon co-executive producer, Rob Perry, on there with us. Awesome. And then Lorenzo's Oil, Forever Young, and Death Becomes Her. And if you are one of our Patreon folks, the full-length episode for September will be The Dark Crystal. And then the Patreon shorts will be Cat People and Cue the Winged Serpent. Wow. And then, Pat, do you you know what we're kind of getting close to? (sighs) It's your favorite month of the year, Pat. It's October. We're getting close to October. I... Uh... Much like Vicky Vale in purple, I love October. I know, John. What do we got lined up for us in October? What do we have lined up for October? What do I have to prepare myself for? Okay. Prepare yourself, Pat. Um, I don't know yet about the Patreon shorts. I know that our Patreon episode will be The Last House on the Left from 1972. Okay. Uh, in terms of regular episodes, it, it's it's actually going to be a fun one. Like, I think you're going to really enjoy this October. Okay. Because they're not, like, super scary. Right. Right. So this October, we have got Bram Stoker's Dracula. Nice. We have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. We have Army of Darkness. I had dreams of this day, John. There we go. And the dream for me is to finish the month off with Alien 3. Oh, here we go. Here we go. In which I have been tasked... With defending my love of Alien Three, and I I'm will. saying not not without controversy. He he tasks there's, me. He tasks yeah. me. There's there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of uh, back and forth with that one. I understand, and and everyone has the right to be wrong, so it's okay. There it is, man. Totally Shots fine. fired. I'm, I'm Shots fine. Fired. I'm fine. All right, Pat. That's going to do it for Wayne's World. That's going to do it, John. What a great movie! I think we just need to go watch Wayne's World again. I, that needs to happen. Done. Yes. All right. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Party time. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back Thank you, everyone. A listener says what? (laughs) 